Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Hollywood Breaks. This week I'm joined with our special guest co-host, Robin Geisen. And this week we tackle more on the entertainment strategy guys view on the American Viewer, my favorite series pretty much ever. And we'll talk, we'll discuss Robin's opinion on it. And we'll also dive into this week's box office. So welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks. Robin, so good to see you. It's great. Thank you for coming back on and enjoying this crazy little show. It's always a pleasure. Are you kidding? It's so Thanks for having me. Always glad to have you. And considering Tim's off cavorting, doing God knows what, it's you know nice to have a someone who's actually somewhat sane to talk things over with. So, <laughs> Well, good for him. Yeah, I guess he needs a break every now and then. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, yeah, gig. Thanks again for coming on. This is great. Always good to see you. Um, so uh, I want to dive in first, starting right off, because uh, as I'm sure you know from reading the newsletter as well as uh, listening to the podcast, I'm obsessed with the entertainment strategy guys, latest series on the American viewer. Um, I've been talking about it for like the last two weeks and I'm really curious because Tim and I talked a lot about it last week, kind of dived in, sort of got our perspective and you being the strategy guru that I knew you to be, I'm just curious, like what are your sort of initial thoughts on, on, uh, on, on the series itself? I mean, I think it's brilliant. Um, I think, he touches on a lot of things that have been kind of taboo to say um, Mm -hmm. that nobody really wants to talk about, but he says it in a very um, objective, you know, he has a very objective point of view, which is really how we need to be approaching this. um, If we actually want to fix what's happening in Hollywood and all the disconnects and everything that is, is going on and there's a lot going on, but I think he, talks about a lot of things where there's actually a lot of opportunity if you read between the lines and you see what he's discussing. And look, I think there's a hopeful way to look at it. And the book of history has no final chapter, right? So I think the really hopeful way to look at our industry and um, come into it with new ideas. And there's a lot of new ideas that he has in there that he's talking about when he talks about the American audience and like where what's the low hanging fruit? Like everything from, I mean, the biggest, my biggest takeaway, and this is what I've been saying for years. And I think I've said it probably on every, every time I've come onto your show, I think I've said it is like, you know, make, know who your audience is and Mm -hmm. your relationship with your audience or your consumer is your most important currency. And Hollywood has forgotten that. And so have exhibitors. Right. And so I think that everybody just needs to take a step back. And if you actually read between the lines on everything he's saying, that's exactly what he's saying. You have you have had a complete disconnect with who your audience is for each and every movie. And people just want to be entertained. That's why they go to the movies. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's one thing that I think is that really kind of brought it out to me as he put his, the focus on the audience itself. I mean, obviously that series is called the American viewer. So duh, it's very, very focused on the audience, but it's oftentimes that we ignore a lot of that. I, you know, it's, it's something that's sort of like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to, I want to go back a little bit and pick on some of the just highlights something you mentioned. You said there's a lot of things that he mentioned that are quote unquote taboo. What, what, what exactly would you say that what he talks about that's a little bit more taboo and that, you know, sometimes Hollywood just avoids discussing. Well, Hollywood is making movies for themselves right now. Mm. They're not making movies for the audience. And right. that's the number one thing that I think is taboo. Nobody wants to hear that when they go into these, into these meetings with people. But, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't make those movies either. 
What I'm saying is there is a time and a place. I, I think Hollywood in general should make whatever they're inspired to make. However, I don't think that every single one of those movies should go to theatrical because mm. it's a very different landscape that we live in today. And so make whatever you want to make, but let's make it for the right price. Let's, which is also taboo to talk about because, right. you know, once you have so many people from all different angles coming into this project, the prices get higher and higher, whether it's, you know, paying for the filmmaker, paying for the talent, like, or, you know, special effects or whatever it is that the movie requires. Let's mm -hmm. take a step back and go, well, who's the audience? What, you know, we have enough data now to tell us, to at least let us build some comps of what this could be in the end. And marketing needs to be part of those conversations earlier on. And it's easier said than done. Like we think that they are, but they're actually really not all the time. Like when you see things, you're like, how did this get greenlit? Would they spend this amount of money right. on pay this talent that amount of money when we know that, you know, comedies don't, this comedy is not going to open north of $20 million, but you're going to pay right. this one million dollars to come like what yeah. why would you do that but like yeah. it's happening it's happening right. all the time and we're setting our own projects up for failure so that's what that's the biggest thing that i talk about with taboo and the other one is things like if you want there's just a disconnect with the american audience in terms of you know there's a reason why they're not watching anymore um and even things with like award shows they're not watching award shows because you're not honoring or highlighting the movies that they're watching Mm -hmm. So why would they, why do they care? They don't know who anybody is. They haven't seen those movies yet. They don't, you know, if you want them to watch, then you need to nominate the movies that they are actually watching, that they're yeah. actually, I mean, look, Yellowstone is a perfect example with the Emmys this year. Yeah. Where was it? Why was that not nominated? And it's not like the acting's tremendous. The, like there's, but yeah. there was a disconnect, right? There's that, that's a perfect example of what America is doing and what hollywood thinks america should be doing yeah. and um you know it, it we can't forget like you know again your consumer is your most important currency and they've forgotten that yeah i mean it's interesting you bring up marketing and it's always funny because you always read about how marketing has a seat at the table and when i first started a new line you know we were very heavily involved in sort of like a, I think most studios do this now, but it's a PL process where you basically go through a high, middle, low case in terms of, you know, the high is this is we're going to make a crap load of money, medium, we're going to make a little money, low is we're going to make, we're going to lose, we're going to, we're going to break even or lose money. Right. And they usually would bring go to marketing and say, well, how much do you think this movie is going to make? And it's like, it seems to me there needs to be more of a conversation. I remember vividly when I was at Fox because it only happened once, only happened once. Um, uh, Mark Weinstock comes into a, me a creative meeting. We had our creative meetings on Tuesdays and he comes in and he's, I'm not going to mention the movie, but he kind of goes through, he says, okay, um, Jim came to me with this movie idea that he's thinking about, they're thinking about making. So the creative meetings, all the creative. So it's all, you know, all the guys who cut the trailers, TV spots, you know, we occasionally mm -hmm. have one or two digital people in there and <clears throat> he pitched us the movie and it was unanimous. No, no, no. Because no one could see a good way to cut a trailer. No one could think of a convince a way to sell that movie in a way that's going to convince people to, right. to go. And ultimately, the movie did not work. It went to another studio and it didn't work. So we were all like high-fiving each other. But that really only happened once in my entire career. Most of the time, 
I was either given a script after it was greenlit and it was sort of like, make this movie. And then you start seeing the, then you start seeing the takes and the dailies and you're like, Oh Jesus, this is going to be a major upload. I always felt like at times at Fox, we were always fixing the movie's problems. Like the Velvet was like, okay, we screwed up. This isn't a great movie. You guys fix it. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. And for a while that was Tony Sella's dream. That was his, that was his magic sauce was be able to take a movie that wasn't terribly great and can cut something that would make it seem like it was much better than it really was. Wow. And for a while it worked. And then the audience got savvy to it. And it's like, okay, Fox always, you know, cuts these really great trailers for really bad movies. But um, it's interesting. You, you always talk about it. And it's just something that just keeps perking up into my head. It's like, cause in marketing, we are constantly thinking about the audience constantly yeah. thinking about the consumer constantly talking about what can we do constantly looking at testing looking at the data telling us what works what doesn't work but it yeah. doesn't seem like really anyone else necessarily in the studio world or even you know even I'm, i know we're talking movies but we could talk about tv shows too it doesn't really feel like the audience is ever front and center it's always sort of an afterthought at times well they used to be front and center and um I, I, you know, I, that's where I think like we've lost sight of that a little bit and look, every business, you know, every business and every industry goes through something like this. And especially when there's disruption, you know, that comes along, like, you know, big technology disruption, which has happened for years and years and years. That's not anything new, right? Like mm -hmm. this is just the one that we happen to be dealing with now as we're moving into the streaming age and yada, yada, yada. However, it's how you um, this is where you take a step back and you go back to look at like, what was your primary dimension of merit as a business and, and come back to that. And how do you change your strategy to, uh, now fulfill that primary dimension of merit? Like I look at Kodak, this is an old case study, right? Mm -hmm. Kodak, um, is a perfect example of, um, I mean, and I think this is like the primary business school, you know, case study that everybody looks at. Someone's but it's, taking B school classes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's true. Primary case where everybody looks at it. Yeah, it's top of mind, right? It's for reason. And um, you you have the, the primary dimension of merit for Kodak was to take sharp quality pictures, right? Yeah. And digital imaging came along. And actually, if you took, I took you, for example, and I put a picture that was taken from a Kodak camera and a picture that was taken from my cell phone and said, which it didn't tell you anything else other than just showing you the two pictures and said, oh, which picture would you want? You know, which, which uh, device do you want to take pictures? You would automatically choose the Kodak picture because it's sharper, it's higher quality, it's better. But at some point, like, it becomes good enough, right? And that's kind of how I'm seeing streaming and theatrical. Mm. It's not, streaming's not better than theatrical. The theatrical experience is still better. It's still a better experience. Like what you get on a big screen is still gonna always be better than what you get on your, on your iPad or mm -hmm. on your cell phone, right? But right. at some point it's good enough and it's not better than, it's different. And, and that's where I think we need to take a step back then and start to see stuff. I think what was really interesting was then I saw um, Apple, um, Apple Quick Take 
came in later on and uh, needed a technology and they licensed Kodak. They licensed Kodak. So now Kodak, but Kodak under, like under the guise, they said, we will give you this technology that we have, but under no circumstance, can you mention Kodak anywhere in this? Because after all, our primary dimension of merit is, you know, taking sharp quality pictures. We are, your digital imaging is inferior to our photos. Right. But yep. they're now a licensing company. They've survived and they're doing it another way. So I think that's how we need to think about this in very smart. I mean, it's exactly what IMAX just did. IMAX just bought um, Simsway, right? Yeah. And they've gone from, we're not a distributor, which they've never really been a distributor, but they have positioned themselves as like, we love exhibitors. We're in, you know, right. we love this. But now look where they're going. We're, we're a technology licensing company. Yeah. Like it's smart. They're right. They are. And, and now they've bought this technology enhancement company that is going to allow them to perhaps take their IMAX technology to our cell phones. Right. Which mm -hmm. genius. Genius. Yeah. yeah. So You're right. The, there's opportunities in all of this. Like that's where I was saying, like the book of history has no ending and that's really yeah. exciting for us. So we, but you're going to get crushed and you're going to become irrelevant if you don't start to, if you don't go back to who you were as exhibitors, as AMC, you know, and, and also as a studio, go back to who you were, what were the movies that you made and why? And, and again, I don't think uh, uh, the filmmakers, I don't, I, I think that they should still make whatever they're inspired to make. I don't, I, but I think we have to take there. I think there's a path to, for them to make whatever they want, but not every single movie should go to theatrical and not every right. single movie should even go to Apple or stream. Like there's a different home for it and let's be smart and let's find where they can best thrive and how much money is the right amount of money to spend to make this so that your movie is successful. Right. Yeah. And so there's so many facets that go into it. It's interesting. Cause there's a part of me that agrees. Like I, I would, I would say with the idea of the filmmaker can go make whatever they want, but then at times you ignore the audience when you start from that rubric. And I think it's an always important to keep the audience in perspective, especially with the studios. Now you, you talk a lot about this, you know, we've been to this before the his, book of history has no end. I often go back to that time when Jim G took over the studio at Fox and did that big presentation. He threw up all these headlines that we'd been hearing all the time. And then he showed like the dates hey. of them. Oh. So, you know, our 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 death has been long, you know, forecasted. Um, yeah. But I think the big difference between those times when he was referencing like articles when you know uh, TV first came out and then VHS and, mm. and it was oh no one's going to go to the movies anymore. There was still a sort of connect between the people who were making movies and the audience, mm. right? Yeah, they were still movies that people loved they were still making movies that were nominated for oscars that were blockbusters and big hits and then that slowly has started to diverge as we were just talking about and i think that's the unique challenge that we're dealing with today and uh, you know it's interesting because obviously when as i said to you and i've been saying ad nauseum i thought the series was great and it kind of lifted me up a little bit because he was saying things that, you know, you and I, of course, have been talking about for years in our little conversations at, on the third floor of 88, rest in peace. But it's like, and he had data to back it up. That was like the most exciting thing. Cause you sit there and you, you speculate on 
oh, we're, you know, this is what we should be doing. But of course, you know, at the time it's just your personal opinion and your, you know, your, your basis of what's happening in the industry. And now you have actually have data to back up what you've been saying to your yeah. blue in the face. And I, I was optimistic. I really was. And then, then you start seeing things like, and this is, a, you know, subject of this week's founders brew. For those of you who are not subscribers, you should subscribe. Um, about there were two instances in particular in Mapalani's, um, what I'm hearing from last Sunday, that sort of really just just brought home how much further we have to go. And those two incident, instances were one, they, the Academy had this big meeting about how we're going to fix the Oscars and how we're going to fix all our problems. And none of the members could be bothered to attend. This is an organization whose sole purpose is to sustain the industry and celebrate entertainment yeah. and the beauty of telling stories in the big screen in the theaters and nobody could be bothered. Nobody cared. I don't really. And they were literally comments like, I don't care. I got my kids. Oh, not my problem. So that's one. And then the second one was he had uh, last week, Matt Baloney wrote about um, Apple TV plus, And he essentially said, if it went away or, or Apple TV plus said, we're not doing this anymore. No one would be particularly shocked. No one would be like, oh, I can't believe Apple's pulling out. Like no one would be like, jaw on the floor well producer responded and said why would you even suggest getting rid of apple tv plus which as i just mentioned wasn't what he was suggesting but he said like they've thrown a millions of uh, millions of dollars in this economy um and they made my show and it's great who cares who's watching i mean therein lies the so to me it's almost like there there's a there's sort of a roadmap that we've been presented from entertainment strategy he's done the yeoman's work of diving in deep to the and this is all available research it's not like he's got some sort of like svengali on the side who's feeding him all this information that nobody else has right he's not he's got he doesn't have his own personal yoda it's just like he literally went and gathered it all together and said here guys this is what you should be doing and i mean even the, the part five was like here is the recommendations to spell it out for you guys who have sometimes be a little thick but now i realize that we've got a long road to hoe simply, you know, by using the two examples that I, I gave you. So, well, I mean, I, look, I think, yeah. So that's an example of, again, I'm not saying, I still think he, they sh he should go make those movies, but the disconnect is why are we spending all this money to, because we're expecting a giant audience to right. watch his movie. Right. Yeah. Like let's, let's on the other side of the business of the people who are reciprocal of what he's giving them to deliver to audiences need to, have the balls, excuse me, but they have to have the balls like a Zadlov now who say, um, we're not going to send that to theatrical now, right? Like, we're not going to do that. This is going yeah. here, this is going there, whatever. Like there's, we need to have those real conversations so he can make that movie and he can have that disconnect with his audience. And he's going to say, who cares who's watching? And then we'll say, okay, well, nobody's really watching your show. So this is the amount of money that we're going to give you to make it. If you still want to make it. And here's, we know, cause someone's watching it, right? There's everything has an audience, even if it's this big and that's okay. That's okay. Just right. spend the right amount of money yeah. to set it up for success for that little audience. Right? Like that's where. <laughs> but works. no, no filmmaker wants to hear that your, their audience is little. They want it to be as big as it's humanly possible. Right. But it, there's a reality and that's where the people need to come in. And these are hard conversations to have, but there's also. Uh, diplomatic ways to have them. And you that's how you say like, look, I, I'm not saying you can't make this movie. I'm saying, let's take the path that mm -hmm. sets you up for the most success. 
and everything that comes after that wonderful icing on the cake. But this is how there's a path. This is the path. And um, that's what we need to be saying. That's what we need to be having instead of doing whatever they ask to do. When we know that their audience is this big, we know that people aren't going to care about that movie. But like there's a small amount of people who will care about that movie. And, and that's great. That's good. Let's make it for them. But let's not put it on 4,000 screens and, you know, give it an IMAX release and whatever. Like th there's a lot of, there's, there are conversations to be had. Right. And so that's where it's just. You're right. I mean, I, I think there's, there's tough, a lot of tough conversations to have, but let's take Batgirl, for example. Right. You brought up Zaslav, which is as so far as I can tell, you know, he's, he's on a very steep learning curve. He's made some very smart moves. Um, and so let's talk about Batgirl. So $90 million movie that was built under the previous Kalar, Jason Kalar regime, regime as the director of HBO Max, right? Mm -hmm. From what I heard, a lot of work needed to go into movies. So they were, and with COVID restrictions and you know all the policies, that the budget had already ballooned to $100 million, and they were going to probably have to spend another 50 to make it better. To make it feel like a movie and not just a CD, CW movie of the week kind of thing. Okay. Um, so he totally junks it, right? Says, we're not doing this. This is not the quality we want. No one's ever going to see it. Ever. We're not putting it on streaming. We're not releasing it theatrical. It's going in the vault. We're taking a tax write off. Yeah. The town freaked the bleep out. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was like, oh, I can't believe he's doing all those people who work so hard. And yes, there are. I, I totally understand there are people who work really hard in that movie that are very disappointed. If, you know, if I had worked hard on a movie and it got shelved, I would be upset. No doubt. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, it is a business. So, but do you feel like, I, I just don't think there are enough people that are willing. I mean, listen, you and I have sat in enough of those meetings where we're all banging our, we all know the movie's going to tank. We all know it. You and I know it. American people know it. Everybody knows it. The movie's going to the bomb. And we're all sitting there blowing smoke up this filmmaker's ass because he's just a filmmaker and everybody wants to be in business with him. But nobody has the stones to say, dude, this is not going to work. It's going to fail. We can't release this movie. And I don't know if enough of those people exist. I agree with you. That's Those are the conversations that need to be had. Kevin Getz was on here a few weeks ago and, and he literally said, like, we have all this data. Like, let's figure out what the right number is so you guys aren't like, right even before the movie releases you're already in the red like think uh, there's ways to do it but it's all well and good but i don't know if there are people that are willing to have those conversations i really don't Can, tell me i'm wrong no it, look here's ideally you have those conversations before it gets to where that girl got right like right. that's that's really bad on all accounts like there was obviously a disconnect between what the filmmakers wanted and what the studio wanted. And by the way, those filmmakers are awesome. They did bad boys for life. Like they're awesome filmmakers. They've, and they've had success at the box office before and they're right. super creative. And um, so I feel for them, but obviously there was a disconnect between what they thought they were delivering and what the studio thought they were delivering and whatever, mm -hmm. you know, but again, that's, that's bad on everyone for not having those conversations early enough. Like ideally we're not sitting in a room saying this is going to stink. This is going to fail, whatever. Like I, I actually sit in the room and still until 
you know, even through the weekend of release, I'm thinking, what is our Hail Mary? Hail Mary, Hail Mary. What's a Hail Mary? Because there is always something that you can still do to make it better. And I think those are, you know, that that's that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to do, even if it's not in a good place. Um, but Hail Marys, and this is the other thing that, that this is a disconnect, doesn't mean spending more money. It doesn't have to mean that, right? right. Like just because you put like this is what I always say, like you buy the YouTube masthead or you spend, you know, a tremendous amount of money to put your spot and a Super Bowl spot to be seen by 80 million people. But if your creative is bad, then you're giving 80 million people a reason to opt out. Right. right. So yeah. it's about the creative period. It is about mm -hmm. the creative and the connection that it has to an audience, right. To its audience. Right. And, um, what are also some other fun ideas, whether they're publicity stunts or whatever, creative stunts, something um, that grasps the attention of an audience. And, and so that's, those, are the, those are the meetings that we should be having. And ideally, it should never get to the point that it got, like that's just unacceptable. And like, that's unacceptable because, and that's why it doesn't happen all that often. I mean, tell me another movie that that's happened on recently, like where they shelve it never to be seen again. Well, yeah, but I mean, we've also we've also had a transition. We, you know, to be yeah. fair, we had a transition takeover, a change in regimes, a change in strategy. But at the same time, maybe it is something that needs to be said more. Maybe it does need to happen more. Maybe there. Are, I mean, we've seen movies that are just absolute dreck. That but that's had happened before the movie right. is made. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I that, will do that. Conversations, yeah. again, that's what I'm saying. What yeah. is the path to make this movie? What's the right path? Yeah. Let's not spend $80 million on a movie that we know is never going to open north of, you know, 10 or whatever. <laughs> right? Like, what are you doing? $10. What are you doing? Why would you do that? We know this already. We yeah. have this information. And so these are the things and you don't need to spend all that money sometimes there's so yeah. many there's so many reasons there's also so many fights where there's like filmmakers who fight for one thing and studios are fighting for another and this is where everybody wants what's best for the movie everybody wants the best possible result they just have different ways of getting there and ideas of of what is best for the movie and so i don't know if i agree with you that everybody always wants what's best for the movie but most people do. I do. Most people. I, I do. do. Oh, I, I know that I do too, but there's also a lot of ego involved. So, you know, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> let's say this. Let's rephrase this. Everybody wants what's best for themselves, right? Yes. But what's best for the movie is what's best for best everyone for involved. Yeah. Okay. So yes. that is that is what everyone should come back to because when you do what's best for the movie, you yep. are doing what's best for the studio. You are doing yep. what's best by the filmmakers, by the talent agents, by every single person who's involved. <clears throat> that that is what we should be doing. Yeah. Well, I think um, we should just take this episode, right? <laughs> we should send it. We should package it, and we should send it to. Um, let's see. We sent to Brian Roberts, um, David Zaslav. Um, let's see. Uh, Brian. Uh, oh no. Um, um, the chairman of Paramount, whose name's escaping me, um, Bob Bob Bankish, just say, "Hey, Rob and I are available. If you ever need a new studio, studio heads, we're here. Oh, they, look, <laughs> we'll have they those tough conversations." 
believe me, they they know, they know this, they know this. It's just easier said than done, right? Like yeah. when you have so many people involved and so many different agendas, then yeah. that's where it becomes messy and gray. They know this. It's it's just easier said than done. Right. But I think it's time we start saying it and doing more do or do not. There is no try. Right. Yeah. All right, Yoda. All yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of Yoda. All right. Well, we're running out of time here. We got about a couple minutes left. Okay. Um, man, time flies when you're having fun, right? Uh, so let's talk real quick about the box office. Um, don't worry, darling. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your over under? What do you think? I mean, given all the the press, although <laughs> I would argue would, uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity, particularly with this movie, because it's been a lot of it's been in the negative side, but it may end up turning in its favor what do you what do you what do you what do, we, what do you think we're looking at tracking yeah. says about 20 i think is what i last read so what you think in the over or under on that i'm going the over on that i mean look they had imax screenings earlier in the week so they're rolling those sales into uh this so and that was as you do <laughs> what i read um you know look i i think that from what i'm seeing um the audience is actually receiving it better than the critics like they you know, I think this is a prime example of too many cooks in the kitchen and you're yeah. seeing it campaign. You're seeing right. the studio working against all these other the filmmaker wants. Yeah. Right, right. You're seeing a lot of, I mean, Venice was never the right place for it. Never should have taken it there ever. I don't know why it went to Venice. Um, this is a movie where um, less is more on, on this campaign, I think. And especially when you've got that kind of mystery surrounding it and you see it yeah. and the creative is great. The creative is super fun and interesting, but the creative has been working against the publicity campaign <laughs> um, for months. And so it's really yeah. interesting, to me. but like, look, I think, and, and you know, she just has um, the spotlight on her just by function of her and Harry and all this. So I feel for her for that too, but yeah, because it has nothing to do with the movie. movie. Right. 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 And, uh, but I do think, I mean, that's going to follow you regardless of wherever you are, but right. I think it's actually helping her in the movie. Um, look, she was at his concert last night. I saw pictures and videos of her dancing. Like that's going to help her box office this weekend. Right. Yeah. The, don't think for a second that that's not something that's, that's going to be pushed out to help because people want to root for something like that. Like she's going, she's going to be fine. The movie's in, there's not a lot of competition. It's in over 4,000 locations. Um, there's, what is it? Avatar re-release, um, which they've added footage to, which was smart for the new movie. So I think and, that- and there's apparently sequences of way of water too. So that that'll goose people to, that's what uh, I mean. they've added people footage, to yeah, they added footage for the new movie. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, which was smart, although I don't, I didn't see that marketed wide. Um, I no. just saw the movie marketed wide. So I don't know how many people like movie. I, don't, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I saw it briefly discussed on Twitter, but that it's not really wide. I don't really hear a lot of people talking right. about it. So, right. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's, I mean, I don't know if I want to go see it because it might give me PTSD from that campaign. But anyway, <laughs> uh, well, all right. So it's going to be fine. It's going to open. I think it's going to be open. I, I'm taking the over on the 20. I think 20 was tracking. I think it's going to probably be maybe it'll, I might break into 30s, maybe mid 30s. Maybe we'll see. I don't know if I'll go that high. I mean, you never know. You never know. But I'm going to be curious to see what the cinema score is on uh, on Saturday and Saturday morning to see like how 
you know, because you get you get the diehards out there. And if they're like a plus plus plus, then the word of mouth is going to be phenomenal. So it could have a good weekend. So, yeah. And Woman King is going to have a great hold. I think that might take a little bit of chunk out of them. But, you know, that and I mean, it's going to be fine. It'll do great. And uh, people are going to go next. Yeah. 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 Well, Listen, Robin, thanks so much for coming by. Thanks for filling in for Timbo. I appreciate it. It's great seeing you. So thanks for having me again. Yep, Of course. And then uh, hopefully maybe we'll try to get a live show in L.A. and you'll have to come. Oh, that's kind of fun. That's exciting. Got to get my butt back on the West Coast, which that's been sort of the struggle over the last few years. Well, when it's travel back to the West Coast. Yeah, I know. Well, it's getting it's already cold here. So, I don't know. I'm already dreaming about planning a trip out there. So we'll we'll keep you posted. But thanks again, Robin. He's and beautiful here. So. Yeah, there you go. You're always welcome in California. Uh, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. Have a great week and uh, we'll see you again sometime soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks for having me.